This call is your calling and you can't hide from it or ignore it. That passion you have to help people and make a difference isn't going anywhere. You deserve to get paid and paid well doing work you love and changing lives. Everything in your life has led you here. And now we're here to help you figure out how to make your destiny your reality. Welcome to Six Figure Certified Coach, the podcast hosted by Inner Glow Circle. IGC is an internationally accredited life coaching school created to take your existing professional skills paired with your life experience and turn it into a six-figure coaching business. We've trained thousands of successful coaches and now it's your turn. Let's get focused, get real, and get you six-figure certified. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our next episode of Six Figure Certified Coach. I'm Katie DePaula Silverman. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, everyone. Liv here. Liv, Olivia. Olivia, Liv. I know. I think I said I wanted to go back to Olivia. So, Olivia. 2023 is the year of Olivia. (laughs) Yeah. So, we've got a really interesting... What? New year, new me. New year, new me. We've got a really interesting topic for you today, which is the drum roll, please. <laughs> death, the death of the solopreneur. When Liv proposed this topic to me, I thought it was a little dark, but then I was like, no, this is really spot on. Yeah. I mean, the death of the solopreneur, I just feel like I keep hearing about the shift in the solopreneur ecosystem, if you will. Mm. And I've been looking a lot into this and I I feel like we've been hearing over and over about people who have worked alone. So by definition, solopreneur is a, you know, a small business that only consists of one person, right? Like duh, solo entrepreneur, you're creating everything on your own. Um, and they take on all roles in their business completely by themselves. Um, and we've been getting a lot of questions, I feel like from our students and colleagues and friends in the industry, like they're bored or they want to grow. And, you know, I think there's a lot changing in what still remains a growing industry. Yeah. So you said that there's a lot going on in the space with solopreneurs. What is it that you see going on? Yeah, I think what I'm mainly seeing, and I do think that politically, economically, the past couple years, like people really were into this, like working for yourself, by yourself, working from home, doing things. And I think we're kind of coming out of this almost like cloud, like nesting period, if you will, (laughs) forced on us to a degree. But, and people are like, yo, I have to expand. I have to connect. I need to collaborate. I need to do something with others and grow beyond you know, what I'm doing and what I'm finding more and more, and we've always worked in partnership. You know, I think for me, it was like 90% of my entrepreneurial journey. I think probably only, I mean, literally it's been like a decade and only the first year I was really working without you. Um, So we haven't really known it any other way necessarily, but I'm hearing more and more of this trend towards partnership and growth. Um, And what I would call like even expanding your services or your offerings or what your business um, can do. I think we've talked about this a lot before, like people who, you know, run things on their own, like 
how do you really grow beyond a certain level without team and without partnership? I was listening to Elena, I know I'm rambling, but I was listening to Elena Cardone's video the other day and she was like, I've been doing me my whole life. And she's like, I wanted, I, I can't go to the next level without partnership and without building a team. And I think to each their own, but I, I, that really resonated with me personally and professionally. I'm like, I feel this com- compulsion to like, just keep growing And I don't think I would be able to do it by myself. Yeah. Well, okay. So I want to break a couple things down. The first thing is that like, it's, it's kind of funny or ironic that we're doing this episode because we actually train and certify people to be solopreneurs. Yeah. So you can run your coaching business any way you want. And we do talk about building a team and getting help along the way, but the large majority of our students, at least while they're in class, they are solopreneurs. So I'd like Liv for us to talk a few a few years. I'd like for us to talk for a few minutes about that, about the benefits of solopreneurship, why it's necessary, why it's valuable, um, at what points in your life that might be what you gravitate to or what you create. We can definitely pull from our years of experience in that. And then I'd love to talk more about why it it might not be sustainable and in what scenarios, even though you might start off as a solopreneur, we recommend that you make plans to expand that. Yeah. So I should have taken notes on your requested parts of that conversation because you're going to have to go back. But I think you're talking about like the first thing is like, when is it right to stay solo? Yeah. And why? Like, why do people do it? If we're saying it's dying, if we're saying it can cause, you know, a lot of strain, if we're saying we've been doing, you know, I've been doing me my whole life. Now I want partnership. Now I want team. Now I want support. What is the, the purpose of solopreneurship when it works? I think that for every single person, it's probably a little bit different right? I mean, if you're trying to quit your job and start a company, most people probably, unless they have an investor or creating some type of, you know, big factory or something like they're probably doing it on their own. I'm just hearing more and more that it like almost has an expiration date. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change a thing about starting my company myself. And you've said this a million times, but there is so much value in learning the ins and outs of your company before you hire a team. Like there are many jobs inside of IGC that we have done ourselves for long periods of time before we've hired them out. Yeah. And then there's some we hire out and take back. (laughs) But I think there's so much value in being in that phase. I do think that people who are true entrepreneurs, right? Like you think of an entrepreneur as someone who is, well, you don't think of it like it is with the definition of entrepreneur is someone who continues to start and grow businesses, right? So it's that inner pull and that desire to keep creating, right? I believe that it takes partnership or more than just you to continue down that path. Yeah. 
I mean, one of the very first exercises that I like, quote unquote, made up when I started my private coaching practice over 10 years ago now was this exercise called Team You. Mm, Yeah, I remember this. But it didn't matter if you were an entrepreneur, if you were working in corporate, if you weren't working, the whole premise was like, you have to have a team around you, right? And so whatever you're going through in life, and a lot of this came out of my struggles with being sick for a decade and needing to have a team, which for me included doctors, it included you know, massage therapists, it included team members, it included in the very beginning, you know, hiring an assistant, it it included anyone in my life that was on my team. And so I think that the part that we have to also acknowledge and speak about here is that not like not everyone on your team is going to be a paid employee or even a contractor in the traditional sense, right? Like Mm -hmm. you might have people that you consult with, people that support you, your therapist, your coach, your family members, some of them you're going to pay, some of them you're not going to pay. But a lot of people, like when they're getting their businesses up and running, they're consulting with their, their partner, meaning like their, you know, like romantic partner or their siblings or their best friend or right. And because you've got someone close to you that can help advise you, you don't have to pay for that relationship but they're still sort of on your team. Yeah. And maybe eventually you are paying them. I'm just saying like in the very beginning, a lot of this is very informal. Right. Right. That's true. And sometimes you have to pay them in different ways, like energetically. But I think it all comes down to what are you, what are you trying to build? Maybe it's since having kids or like getting older, but I just feel like if I died or when I die, like I want something bigger than just me. Like I feel like there's this need to like grow something that can live beyond me. And the whole like legacy thing. Exactly. And if I am the only person in my company, it really does die with me. Yeah. There's the death of the solopreneur could mean physical death. Oh my God, Liv. People are always coming to me asking how to make six figures as a life coach. And I'm like, what? Like it's hard? It's easy if you just go to class. To get our free class on how to make six figures in your coaching business, all you need to do is text the words six figures to 813-212-8869. Again, text six figures to 813-212-8869 to get our free class on how to make six figures as a life coach today. Now let's get back to the episode. I'm just kidding. You know, in the beginning, like, let me me just kind of circle back to this and we'll put a little bit of a bow on this. You know, there are times in your life where solopreneurship might make sense. So, you know, some of the the benefits or pros, I'll just go go through them really quickly you have freedom to make a lot of, like your own choices all Love the time. Yeah. Some people are going to say, actually, that doesn't feel like freedom to me. That feels like overwhelmed to me. Right. But if you're in a phase of life where you're like, I just want to make my own choices. I just want to be responsible for my business. Solopreneurship is a great next step. 
you only have one person to support in your business. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have kids or a partner or family members that you also support, but it's you don't have a payroll, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have contractors that you're paying every month. You're not paying $1,000, $5,000, $50,000 or more a month to people that work for you, right? So there's that. Um, another benefit is like things can move really fast. You know, you don't have to get another, another person's approval um, or, or buy-in. And it's easy to keep it as a side business. Like when you're a solopreneur, you don't have to go all in necessarily. You can, but you don't have to go all in. And, you know, a lot of people say like the right thing to do is go all in. I don't necessarily agree with that. Like sometimes in your life, a business can serve a certain purpose. And if you want to have a side business and you don't have to want to have to manage a ton of things, I think there's also a little bit of a um, glorification of having a team. And I see a lot of like my friends and colleagues, I've seen this over the past decade, hire a team before, in my opinion, they're really ready Mm -hmm. or they really need it or they can even afford it Mm -hmm. or they even have a plan for how to pay for it. And so I don't want to knock solopreneurship and say, you have to have a team, you have to have a team. Because I think that there are periods where solopreneurship can really serve you well, but it might not be a forever plan. And again, it depends what your goals are. If you want to create a legacy, you know, obviously you could do that through like writing books or creating work that lives on, but you also might want to consider scaling. I met with this guy last week and he was like, fuck the five-year plan. I'm building a 500-year plan. And I was like, whoa, like interest. I mean, that's a little bit like intense, but I- That's like five generations. Yeah. Then he went into this whole theory about how like, even if you're born into like legacy money or wealth, like three generations later, it's typically gone. Like, and it has to be rebuilt. And he was telling me about all this research he was doing and how he's trying to like change that for his family. And I I think at the end of the day, to be truly successful, you have to know what you, what your end game is, right? Is your end Mm -hmm. game to sell your company? Is your end game to be famous? Is your end game to stack as much money as possible, then reinvest it in something else that requires a little less, you know, of you? What, what are you growing for? I just don't even know how you grow if you don't really know what direction you're growing into, right? Like how, where do you go? It's like you're flip-flopping all over around. And I do think that's where partnership can come in handy and being a little bit more accountable, accountable to people and to your own growth and your own goals. Yeah. And like not to mention, but like a lot of people just give up on entrepreneurship because they're doing it the solopreneurship way and they feel so alone. Like yes. they, they feel literally lonely in their business. They feel isolated. They don't know what to do every day. They kind of are getting lost in it. Um, you know, I feel like if you have clients and you know you're making a contribution into the world, then it's not, it's definitely not anywhere near as isolating. I think in the very beginning, before you have clients or before you're really making money, it can feel like, what am I doing? 
But once you start to get in a groove, it should feel more solid. But that being said, even if you have clients, like, you know, weird stuff happens in your business and you need someone to kind of talk to about that and vent to. And, you know, you also don't want to feel like you're doing everything. I think, especially as women, we often feel like we bear the burden of everything. And so when you're also working and you're working in your own business, you know, it can kind of add to that context of I'm doing everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so you also have to think about, you said you have to think about what your end game is. I would add to that, you have to think about yourself and your personality and what you need to succeed. Some people need partnership. They need accountability. They need someone to be like, that's a great idea. They need collaboration. Like they loved group projects in school. Like that's their jam. Other people like to work alone. You know, other people like to have people that they can delegate certain things to. Like, are you collaborative? Do you like to focus and work on your own? Like, what is your work style? And you know, what does that look like as you create your own business? Yeah. And it's like, what is the longevity of that? Like, how do you, I, I, you're right. You have to look at what you like and what your lifestyle is, or I've said this a million times, it like doesn't last, right? If you don't love what you're doing or most of what you're doing, I don't think it lasts. I don't think you're ever going to feel fulfilled. I think a lot of people are like, I'm going to start a company and they like quit their job and they go in. They're like, I don't actually like this. I'm like, what is the breakdown then? I, I've gotten a lot of calls lately, even from like past graduates of ours. You just met with one too, who was like kind of pitching an idea around a, you know, a bigger business model. And it's like, I've been doing this thing, like working for myself for, you know, two years, three years, five years, whatever. And it's like, okay, I'm making six figures. The bills are paid. It's all good. This is the conversation I keep having, but I know that like, I'm almost like getting bored. And I know we didn't, you did an episode recently about this, but I going to the next level or being that creator, being that real entrepreneur, I, I think that it does require other people. I think that it it requires you to shift your business model from being alone to bringing on someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about something else for a moment, which is, you know, a lot of people, especially when they're starting out in their own business, especially if they haven't had management experience, but even if they have, feel nervous or scared or insecure around well, are people going to listen to me? Like, why would people listen to me, you know? And how do I actually guide and lead people around my own ideas? Mm. I think that's something that can be really challenging for people because let's say you are, you know, pretty well into your career. Maybe you've, you know, had 10, 20 years of work experience or something like that. And you've managed people but you're getting a directive from someone above you. The game Mm -hmm. changes when it's all inside of you, right? Or you're getting guidance and inspiration from the world, but then you have to rally people around that. I do think that one reason why solopreneurship is so attractive is because, you know, 
like, I mean, how many people like in their mind, if you break it down, you're like, meh, but like how many people in their mind would like love to like run a cute like store, right? Like I just want to run like a cute boutique or a cute I store. mean, I like still do sometimes. I think right. it's cute or like a little coffee shop or something. Same, right. Coffee shop, store, whatever, right? But like you need, like you don't want to be at that freaking store every day. Like you don't want to close that store down, right? You obviously have to, you know, work with a lot of different people to be buying the items and then getting them into the store. You need people to run the store. You need people to help with the bookkeeping. Like there's multiple hands involved. And I do think that the reason, one of the reasons why solopreneurship, and let's just be specific about it, life coaching and having a coaching business is so attractive. At least this is why it was so attractive to me was because although you can scale, you don't need to. Do you think your purpose in life is to create invoices or remind your clients that they have more appointments to schedule? Not at all. You're a coach because you love creating transformation for your clients, and that's why you need to check out Paperbell. Paperbell powers your online coaching business, payments, appointments, contract signing, client management, and more. It's so simple to use and it'll give you so much relief and ease in your coaching practice. You just send your clients one link, one link, and Paperbell does all of the admin and onboarding. Your client pays you, they sign the contract, they self-schedule their appointments, and you can even add an intake survey or deliver a welcome packet. Paperbell does it all. It's like having a VA that's there 24-7. And it's so quick and intuitive to set up, even if you're not tech savvy. Paperbell is a one-stop shop that does all of the boring admin stuff so you don't have to. Get started with a free account at paperbell.com slash podcast. Yeah, you don't have to grow. Like you don't have to you can grow your business and you can but you can, you can manage it all. I mean, some people can. I realized that I couldn't. There was a period for you and I both where, and we can each talk about our own experience where like we left our jobs or we like phased out of them so that we could be solopreneurs. There was a point where that was the dream. Oh yeah. And then the dream evolved. Then the dream evolves. And I think- what were you solving for at that time that solopreneurship became- Freedom. Okay. Definitely freedom. Definitely taking back control of my day, my time, my income, uh, having a say, right? And not being constrained by policies that didn't make sense to me (laughs) and still don't. Um, I really do think it was like income lack of an income ceiling too was like the most attractive part of starting my own company, realizing that I wasn't going to be tied to a pay scale anymore, realizing that the more I worked and it wasn't always like sitting in front of the computer work, but like the, it's like energy in energy back, right? Like the more you put into it, the more you got. Whereas like I could bust my ass at my teaching job And I really wouldn't ever make more money. I couldn't like jump 10 years on the pay scale, right? I couldn't, of course you can be a better teacher, but like, I mean, come on, can you really? Like the average burnout rate of a teacher is five years. It might even be less now. I made it to the five-year mark, maybe six years, but yeah, that stuff was all very attractive to me. It still is. I 
think that what I'm hearing more and more, and maybe it's because of COVID, maybe it's from being kind of locked down for two years. Maybe it's because people have felt this loss of connection that the allure or the excitement of getting back into partnership with people and into community is coming up more and more and more. Let me tell you something though, Katie. I just, I have a little research. Let me tell okay. everybody this. Lay it on so, me. The SBA, Small Business Association, mm-hmm. tuna, their research said that 50.7 million, there are 50.7 million small businesses. Small businesses <laughs> employ 499 or less people. So that's considered small. However, I'm reading this from the, 81% of those 50 million businesses are run by only one person. of them. And then further on, they say 56% of those people want to grow their team and grow a bigger business. Interesting. So maybe it is kind of a split though. Some people are like, nope, I'm good on my own. Some 56%, so a little bit more than half are like, "Uh, no, I want to hire more people. But would you assume from that, that 56% of people want to grow their business, but don't know how, and that's why they're not? Interesting. I didn't think about it like that, but perhaps, yeah. Or they don't feel like they're, they're making enough money to be able to do that. Uh, right. But there's also like how, right? What's the scalability of my model? Exactly. And that's why like you, when you were talking to our, one of our graduates the other day, and she was considering a more agency style business, I think that you do have to have a vision for it. I mean, I maxed out at like eight coaching clients and was like, I literally felt like I couldn't take any more than that in a one-on-one container. Now, of course you can keep raising your prices for me. That didn't really feel aligned. So it was like, I got to, I got to create something else. I have to expand my business model. Um, so there are ways to do that, but a lot of this conversation brings me back to that book, the E-Myth which is like all about the myth of entrepreneurship, which is that, you know, if you become an expert in something, it's just going to grow and scale on its own. Mm. And that, excuse me. And that, you know, the reality is that we need visionaries, which is often what, you know, the entrepreneur is, but sometimes the entrepreneur or the one who starts the business is more of a technician and, you know, then they need someone more visionary to come on board. Yeah. And so I remember the really early days of IGC, like mapping out these org charts and putting our names in multiple positions. Yeah. Right. Which like sounds like a silly exercise because it's like, well, I am doing, you know, some of us feel like, well, I am doing everything, but it's really helpful to map out. We would look at, our org chart, like all the positions that you would want in a company, you know, of a certain scale. And then we would say like, okay, who's in what role? And often our names are, were in multiple places. And often the people that were on our team were in multiple places. And then from that, we would say, well, what role are, what, what role are we going to hire for next? Mm -hmm. And that's a great way to start to think about your business is to think about, you know, who's your next hire? 
Yes, I think that's very smart. And like looking at, I would definitely think of it too as like the jobs or the roles inside of your company that you would want to pass off first, right? There's always things that we don't like. I just was um, leading our team meeting earlier this morning, I think right after you hopped off, Katie, and we were talking about their contracts and, you know, different items in there and um, you know, end of the year reviewing everything and who does what and who, and I said, why don't you go through your contracts and, and let me know all the things that you actually don't want to be doing in your role too. Because I, they, you know, we all have things we don't want to be doing, but I find it interesting to see like where else we would potentially want to bring on someone else or shift some of the language in our contracts or move things around. Because what I have found, and I know you have found, and we teach this and talk about this, but like the glow zone, the happier people are at work, whether you're talking about you as the solopreneur or the team, the faster things move forward. Yeah. And I think that's always a good exercise to do, whether you're doing it with yourself or someone that you're employing. But really taking a look and saying, now we may not be able to, you know, outsource some of these things and that there's even things I don't like to do that I'm like, we have to hire someone, but it's like not the time or it's not like mapped out enough yet to do it. But it it helps you build that vision though. And that's the whole point. It's like, it helps you say like, okay, here's a goal that we're working towards. And for me, if I don't, if I can't see the big picture, if I can't see where things are going, I feel completely lost and almost like, like broken down, right? Like, like I can't go anywhere unless I can see what, what I'm moving towards. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I agree. I think you brought up something else interesting though, which is like that there has to be enough of a job, like just because you don't, I don't mean you, but like, just because you know, you don't like doing bookkeeping doesn't mean that you need a full-time bookkeeper or a CFO, right? Right. And the world of entrepreneurship is so interesting now too, because, because there are so many entrepreneurs and because there's been this huge boom during COVID and because there's so many solopreneurs or small, small companies, um, you know, it, you can actually find people who will, work as a contractor and work on a project basis or just do this one piece of what you need. Like you don't need a full-time person. I think that's the other thing that can feel really intimidating is that, you know, you might think you need a full-time person or you might just want to get something off your plate. And, and because you don't have the experience as an entrepreneur, you know, maybe you come from a day job where, you know, they, there is an in-house accountant, there's an in-house graphic designer, there's an in-house legal team, there's an in-house, but you're not going to have all of that, especially not on day one, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of people who their businesses, you know, they're an accountant that serves 10 or 20 clients or they're a lawyer that sent, you know, serves a handful of clients or right. So it's important to get creative too, and know that if, if you're going for, I don't know, is solopreneur, entrepreneur, solopreneurship is still entrepreneurship, right? I think it's debatable. Okay. Well, there's no, is there a word that's like not solopreneurship, like multipreneurship? I mean, there's not, but. You just made one. There you go. 
Right. But if you're going for something that's more than just you, that can look a lot of different ways. Hi, it's Kalia, IGC coach training grad and six-figure certified coach. I know you're here listening to these incredible stories of successful coaches and wondering, when will it be my turn? I'm sure you entered this year with the goal of finally stepping into your purpose. And there is no better way than enrolling in IGC's internationally accredited coach training program. Enrollment is open now and it is your turn. So take the first step by going to innerglowcircle.com forward slash call right now and book a free call with me. Your six-figure certified story starts today. So yeah. well, how, do you, how do you know when you know? How do you know when you know? How do you know when you... <laughs> how do you know when it's time? To scale? Yeah. I think it's... I think it's it's not a perfect equation, but I think it's a mix of, you know, like I said, looking at that org chart and knowing like, okay, what is the next role I want to hire for based on what's not in my glow zone, what I don't enjoy doing, what someone else, like you, know, you have to sort of work through an equation of what is your time worth? If yeah. you decide that your time is worth $100 an hour, $200 an hour, $500 an hour, if hiring a part-time accountant costs you $80 an hour, that's certainly at any of those scales, that's more valuable than you doing it yourself, right? Mm, yeah. And so, you know, or high, let's say you're hiring an assistant for $25 an hour, that means that, you know, they might not be able to do the task in the exact same amount of time as you, but you can get them up to speed. So an hour of your time isn't necessarily equal to an hour of someone else's time, but maybe you're like, well, my time is worth $200 an hour. It takes my assistant two hours to do the same thing. That cost me $50. Easy choice. 100% get the assistant to do it. The point of the conversation, I really believe, is like if you feel this restlessness or you're bored in your business or you're feeling this like compulsion to grow, you have to take these these the time to actually evaluate what who, what you're doing and what you want to be doing and what you want to be creating next. Maybe it's just the people that I've been talking to that it keeps coming up, but I, I wish I could, I wish I could be normal. I've, I've said that a million times. I wish I could be like just good with one thing. I wish I could be just content. Um, but I do know that a lot of entrepreneurs aren't right. We have to be on to the next creative project. We have to be growing. We have to always be like in motion and not everyone is like that. So maybe scaling is not for everyone. Maybe solopreneurship is a match for a lot of people. But if it's not, and you're listening to this, <laughs> I think we gave you some good things to do next. Yeah, I also think it evolves, right? Like you could be like a plumber, which like if you're listening to this, you're probably not a plumber. But you could be a plumber and you could that could be your trade. Yeah. And then you could have this goal and this dream and this vision of starting a business, you know, a national business where you've got plumbers in every state. Well, eventually you're, you're like, you're going to understand the work that needs to be done, but you're not going to be plumbing on a daily basis. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why I chose that example, but 
it's, it's like what we do. I mean, we know how to coach. We're certified. Like we still throughout the years have worked with one-on-one clients, but the bread and butter of our business is managing and training our trainers to run the programs. Right. And then your job changes. You aren't in a private practice anymore. You're not plumbing toilets all the time. You know, you're managing the growth of the business. You're working on your business, not just in your business. Yeah. And that's like the right mindset to have if you do want to scale or if you do have a vision for that. Yeah. And it's also going to drastically change your role, like you were saying. So I think it's the end of the year when we're recording this. You're probably going to listen to it in the new year. But nevertheless, it's a good time to just audit and check in. Yeah. Right. Before you hit the point where you're like head against the wall, like this isn't working anymore, whether you're burnt out or uninspired or just like, don't feel like doing things the way you are doing them. I think it's, you got to audit things. You got to check in, you got to look at your org chart and, you know, figure out what role you want to play and, and get involved in other things. If that's, the next step. I mean, one of the things that I, I feel like I've talked to a million people about a million times in sales calls. And then even like people in my life, like if you were able to grow your business, even as a solopreneur and you were, you know, able to leave your nine to five or mostly leave it or whatever, that follow through and those skills that you have aren't going to go anywhere. Like you're going to carry them on. They transfer onto your next level. Like I was speaking to a woman the other day and she's like afraid to leave her nine to five and go full time in her business. But I said, have you ever like quit anything that you started? Like, do you, are you like the giving up type? She's like, I've never, she's like anything I've ever, I've like figured out a way to make it work. And I said, well, that's not going to go anywhere. Right. You're going to transfer that passion and that drive and that follow through. And I will say, like, I think why this whole death of the solopreneur, which we should probably put a question mark at the end of it, because like we're still up in the air about whether (laughs) it's a death or not. But ultimately, if if you're feeling that creative pull to do something else or to scale, like you also just have to trust yourself. Like right. You made it this far, if things are working, but if they're not really working for you anymore, that's something to look at. And I think the conversation also comes into like building generational wealth. And I see a lot of people going into business with their partner, like their husband or their wife. And to me, there's something very attractive about that. And I actually, I think that's what Elena Cardone was talking about. She was like, I've been doing me my whole life. And like, I know that I need this man being her husband, Grant Cardone at that point to grow their empire. And you read her book, which I still haven't read yet. I thought you were going to send it to me. I don't know where it is. Why don't you hand deliver it? it? Come and visit. But I mean, I can just order. I don't know why I'm being so weird about it, but, uh, but I grew up in a family like that. I mean, my parents worked together. Yeah. My grandparents worked together, you know, I come from a fourth generation family business. And so, you know. Well, now your husband works for the family business too. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, you know, it, it, it's, but that started out as like my great grandfather, like 
installing fences from like an abandoned metro bus in DC. I just think it's so sexy, like couples that like going business together. (laughs) Yes, your grandfather, God rest his soul. (laughs) Great grandfather. (laughs) It is sexy. It also comes with a lot of challenges. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I don't because I've never gone into business with anyone I've dated, let alone married, because I haven't done that part yet either. But I don't know. I, I think that... I just got, was very moved by this whole like partnership. I think we often see like girl boss, like I can have everything I want all by myself and I don't need no man mentality and like, or whatever, you don't need anyone mentality. And I don't know. I'm just like, I think we all need somebody. I think we all need support. I don't want to do life alone or business alone. I never have. And I think yeah. it's sometimes we get really caught up in this whole like hashtag girl boss or boss babe bullshit that I'm like, hold on a second. May, you know, maybe there's more available to certain people or to people who choose it or people who feel lost inside of that than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of parts of this story. And so, you know, one thing I also think about is, um, a lot of our students, when they start off coach training, they like do not want to do one-on-one coaching. Right. They like want to do group coaching. They want to scale. They want to go big, right? And going back to what we said in the beginning, like there's a time and a place. And so I do feel personally, and this is just my opinion, that there can be a bit of a danger in not laying the foundation, not becoming a technician, not learning the art of what you're doing first. Yeah. That's why we always recommend that our students before they scale, they learn, and it might only take a couple clients or a few months, but they learn the basics, the foundation of one-on-one coaching, right? A lot of people come in, they're like, I don't want a one-on-one practice. It's not scalable, right? And that's actually not true that it's not scalable. We've seen a lot of great examples over the years of people who have scale to, you know, six, multi six, seven figures through a one-on-one practice. But, you know, people come in and they have this vision of having something bigger, having something that's more of a legacy. And what I would say is that if you're, if you want to build a company, but you want to start off or you have to start off as a solopreneur, that's okay. Don't get discouraged. We both, Liv and I both started off as solopreneurs. And then we got into partnership with each other and then with many more people over the years who have worked with us and with IGC. So I do think that solopreneurship serves a purpose at a point in your life. Obviously, Liv, you and me as well, like we're in a phase of life where solopreneurship doesn't make sense for us, right? you know, and it could in the future, you know, for whatever reason, um, but it doesn't right now. And so I think that it's something that you can utilize and something that can be an asset to you when you need it at different times in your life, but it's not the only way. And if you're not attracted to it, then just use it as a building block, right? Yes. Like if you have to maintain, if you have to, to master something in order to then scale, that's okay. You might only be a solopreneur for six months or three months, right? Or that first year. And then you start to, to scale from there. 
Yeah. I think that's a well, well-spoken summary right there of kind of what to look at. And Katie gave you some stuff earlier in this episode, kind of ways to audit or look at your own org chart. And I think the bottom line is if something feels off or if you feel stagnant, sometimes that's a good thing. We talked about this on a previous episode, like enjoy the downtime. But if you're feeling that pull to to grow or to scale or to create something bigger than you thought that you wanted before, you're not alone. And I think a lot of people are moving in that direction into community, into partnership. And there's a lot of options, especially with coaching as a foundation. Like, I think that's a key to it too. I was talking to, all all my stories start with, I was talking with one of our graduates. They're like my only friends actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she talking about how she, you know, coaching and coach training was the basis of her being able to build her career as an author, as an artist doing all, she has all these different income streams from these different like passion-based things that she's working on and coaching helped her laid the foundation to be able to do that. And I'm like, it's such a good point because we, I don't think personally, even I would have the confidence, the ability to hold myself accountable, the ability to kind of see the bigger picture while also breaking it down into steps without going through coach training. I think coaching as a skill is so transferable. Like it's so transferable if you're going to manage people, if you're going to interview people, if you're going to get into partnership with people, if you're going to hold up your end of the bargain, even there's so much value in that. And also, yeah, I mean, grow your coaching business to, you know, a hundred, 200 K a year, start taking some of that and reinvesting it into other things, other passions, other projects. Like one of my goals by next, Q end of Q2 2023 is to buy an investment property. I've been saying that for six months now, but you know, interest rates and blah, blah, blah. But I've been studying the shit out of real estate and investments. And, you know, I, it has nothing to do with coaching, but I do think if it wasn't for like all of the business skills and life skills that I've learned through this industry and through coaching, I don't think I would have the wherewithal to kind of expand my personal empire in the ways that I now feel like very, very capable and ready to do. Yeah. I also will add that if you go through the right coach training program, that it should come with community. Oh, So, you know, in IGC, when you, and then, you know, I'm just using this as an example, but in IGC, when you start off with training, I don't know. I mean, can you consider yourself a solopreneur? You've got a trainer, you've got a mentor coach, you've got a partner coach, you've got accountability in your classroom, you've got, I don't know, I don't know if that even really counts as solopreneurship, because you've got so much support on your side. So, you know, whatever endeavors you're taking on, if, if you are training to become a coach, or you're thinking about that, or you're training to, you know, you're learning another technique or art or, um, you know, way to serve the world, I would make sure you choose a training program where you're so well supported that you're not really a solopreneur. With that, Liv, do you have any final words? No, I mean, let us know what you think. Where where do you feel like you fall inside of this? I mean, this is definitely less of a 
teaching type episode and more of a conversation, but I think it's a conversation that we're going to keep hearing more and more about and getting a lot of different perspectives as the world, you know, shifts so rapidly. So let us know what you think, share, comment if you're watching the video or DM us on Instagram. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Let's face it. The world needs you and your clients are waiting. This is the year you make it happen and become a six-figure certified coach doing exactly what you were called to do. If you loved this episode, give us a five-star review and share it with someone else who's ready to make moves and answer their calling. We can't wait to see you next week and help you make your first or your next six figures as a certified coach.